0: morning, so good to see everyone. My name's Ryan, I'm one of the pastors here at City Church. If I haven't had a chance to say hello to you or meet you personally, definitely look forward to uh, doing that uh, at the end of uh, our time together this morning. Come down front, we'd love to say hello to you and uh, congratulate you on making it through um, Daylight Savings Time, springing forward. You know, I uh, it's, it's really interesting as we think about the clock, um, do you know, you might know this, but uh, the, the clock was invented um, by monks. It was invented by monks in the monastery in order to remind them to wake up and pray. And so they set clocks that would remind them at a certain time of the day to pray and Isn't it just a picture of how we take good things um, that are intended to lead us into worship to the Lord and um, help us in our lives, and we can destroy them by coming up with spring forward? Um, It's an amazing thing that that can happen. Many of us are coming off of spring break, not just spring forward, but spring break, and uh, the person that aligned those two things together, man, God bless him. But um, if you have kids... Uh, in uh, school-age children, you more than likely were able to get some rest this week, I hope, from the drop-off lines and um, maybe sleep in a little bit later. Um, perhaps you took a trip or something like that with your family and, um, or just did something that you wouldn't normally do, went and hung out uh, in the afternoon or something differently. The school calendar sometimes gives us these cha- opportunities to at least change up our routine and hopefully a little bit of rest. But as we think about rest, and we're going to get to Joshua chapter 23, looking at this, the question as we look at that idea of getting some more rest is, what kind of rest? And more than likely, at, at best, it was some physical rest. And when you think of rest, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Many of us, I think, think of sleep. <laughs> we want to sleep. Again, back Long ago, before someone invented spring forward, we used to go to sleep with the sun or go to sleep when the moon came out and rise with the sun. And so we slept a lot more. Now we're so busy, we don't do that near as often. But there's no doubt that sleeping is a part of rest. Um, It's probably my wife's favorite part of rest, thinking about sleeping in. She loves that. Um, She also, if I asked her about rest, she would say it's when I don't snore. Um, but sleeping, that physical rest, is really just a symptom of a deeper rest, right? We only sleep well, we can only physically rest when our souls aren't wrestling within us. Have you had those days where you had plenty of hours to sleep but you couldn't sleep because of your soul was at turmoil within you? Physical rest only comes when we are at peace and when there's a resting in the Lord. When we are resting in the Lord, our souls can rest, and our souls can rest because we have confidence that our God is not asleep even though we are. So the deepest level of rest is connected to peace with God, a confidence in who he is. Rest is confidence that you are a child of God, freed from striving to achieve your own salvation or your own peace, but you have received it from God. As we look at these last three chapters of Joshua, we're in the end of this book. If you're a guest with us, we have spent some time working our way through the book of Joshua. Many of our long-attending folks are excited about having a rest from this book, But the last three chapters are Joshua's final words to his people. And so a couple weeks ago, we looked at Joshua 22, where Joshua sends the two and a half tribes of Israel back that are going to go and reside on the east side of the river Jordan. In these last couple chapters, he is giving his, in a sense, final words to the rest of Israel. That's where we're going to look beginning in chapter 23 this morning. And as we look back at the book of Joshua, and this being his final message, Joshua's sort of final words to God's people, he has essentially one message. God has fulfilled his promises to you. And because he has fulfilled his promises to you, you can rest. But be careful to enjoy the rest that God has given So if we look in 23, beginning in verse 1, it says this, A long time afterward, then the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their surrounding enemies, and Joshua was old and well and advanced in years. Joshua summoned all Israel, its elders and heads, its judges and officers, and said to them, I am now old and well advanced in years. And you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake, for it is the Lord your God who has fought for you. Behold, I have allotted to you as an inheritance for your tribes, those nations that remain, along with all the nations that I have already cut off, from the Jordan to the Great Sea in the West. The Lord your God will push them back before you and drive them out of your sight, and you shall possess their land, just as the Lord your God promised you. Therefore, be very strong to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right hand nor to the left, that you may not mix with these nations remaining among you or make mention of the names of their gods or swear by them or serve them or bow down to them, but you shall cling to the Lord your God just as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out before you great and strong nations. And as for you, no man has been able to stand before you to this day. One man of you puts a flight... Puts to flight a thousand, since it is the Lord your God who fights for you just as he promised you. Be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God. For if you turn back and cling to the remnant of these nations remaining among you and make marriages with them, so that you associate with them and they with you, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you, but they shall be a snare and a trap for you, a whip for your sides and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from off this good ground that the Lord your God. Has given you. And now I am about to go the way of all the earth. And you know in your heart and souls, all of you, that not one word has failed of all the good things the Lord your God promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you, not one of them has failed. But just as all these good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you have been fulfilled for you, so the Lord will bring upon you all the evil things until he has destroyed you from off this good land that the Lord your God has given you, if you transgress the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and you shall perish quickly from off the good land that he has given to you. And so you see in this Word to Israel, more than likely you picked up on this, that Joshua refers over and over and over again to the promises that God has made and God's faithfulness to fulfill those promises. The Lord your God, you heard it, you probably were thinking to yourself as I was reading that or you were reading along with me, man, he says the Lord your God over and over and over again. It's because he wants to remind Israel, all of Israel, don't forget that God has done what he said he would do. God has promised you and he has fulfilled that. And then he counters that in some sense with saying as a reminder to them, remember what God has done and then in response to that, live obediently. Don't forget to be very careful, as he says, to follow the Lord. And so as we think about how that we can be a people who find rest For our souls that ultimately might lead to a little more rest physically and all of the other things that come with that rest for our souls, we can look to the instructions that Joshua gave to the people of Israel because the very beginning, verse 1 again, the Lord had given rest to all of Israel. He had given them rest. Now it says after a long time, by the way this is more than likely just a little bit of a context for this, where this is happening. More than likely the conquest of Israel, although we have read this and again it's taken us a couple of months to work through this. It took the Israelites 25 to 30 years to make their way into Israel and take hold of this promise that God had given them. And so this time has passed, Joshua is now an old age and he says to them that God has given you rest. The first thing that he reminds them of as he reminds them of the rest that they have received from the Lord is to remember all that he has done. Remember, he says, all that you have done. I am now old, this is verse two, I am now old and well advanced in years and you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. Remember all that God has done and as we have worked our way through, we can remember along with them do you remember their time in the Israel and how, or in the wilderness and how God led Israel out of the wilderness and brought them to this land? Do you remember Jericho? Do you remember Ai? Do you remember the five kings of the Amorites who rallied against them and then another even larger group of kings that rallied against them and all of these battles that they faced over and over and over again attack and things got in the way of what God had promised to them? trying to slow them down, trying to rob them of the joy that God had done, and he reminds them, God fought for you. Not 1,000, it says. Your one man gave flight to thousands. Remember what God has done for you. Remember that he has won the victory. After he reminds them in verse 2 and 3 of the promise or their fulfillment, kind of summarizes that, he says, I have allotted to you as an inheritance for all the tribes of those nations, along with all the nations that have cut off all of this land, that land from the river to the great seas, describing the promised land there. Remember what God has done for you. One of the things that causes us to not rest is to forget what God has done for us. We forget the Messiah. We forget Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross on our behalf, making it possible for us to have a relationship with God. Not even just that, making it possible, but going so far as to create or make us righteous before God. Brothers and sisters, do you understand that when God looks at you, he sees the righteousness of Christ he sees you as he sees his own son who laid down his life for you. That's what Jesus did for you and for me. And we forget that. And what happens when we forget that? We must figure out a way to please God. We must figure out a way to get ourselves into right relationship with God. We've got to balance the scales. Do you know where legalism comes from? Legalism in some ways is rooted in this idea that we've got to figure out a way to earn our way towards God. And so if we just adhere to this list of rules, this is what we can do in order to achieve sainthood or to achieve right standing before God. And what does that end up? What does the life look like in that? We know also, I know the sinfulness, the fickleness of my own heart. I know how often I fall away from the Lord. I I am tempted to pursue things in my flesh that are not from God. And so when that happens, if I forget what God has done, what Christ has done for me, then my only response must be I've got to figure out a way to balance the scales here. Let me see if I can do some other things on this side to sort of get things evened out. That is not restful. Are you exhausted trying to figure out a way to balance the scales, to make yourself right before God? If you're trying to do that, you are exhausted. You might not know it, but you are. You're spinning your wheels trying to figure out a way, doing everything that you can. If we're going to rest, and we're going to enjoy the rest that we have received through Christ, just like the Israelites enjoying the rest of the promised land that God had given them. We must remember what God has done. God has given us rest, and out of that rest, then Joshua says to the people to be strong. Look at verse six. Therefore, because of what God has done, because of the rest that you are now enjoying in this land that he has provided for you, Therefore, verse 6, be very strong to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right hand nor to the left, that you may not mix with these nations remaining among you or make the mention of the names of their gods or swear by them or serve them or bow down to them. Notice what I said before, if we find ourselves trying to be obedient or to balance the scales to do something in order to earn our relationship or to earn sort of our standing before God, we're going to exhaust ourselves, we're not enjoying the rest that we have received. But in the light of what God has provided for us, the rest that we have been given and that we now enjoy in Him, we now find obedience to His commands, something that is easy for us. We can walk in his ways. And he reminds the people of Israel, remember the rest that you have been given and all that you have to do to enjoy that rest is to continually obey the Lord's commands. To not turn from it, from either side. And recognize that you do have to be careful to follow it because what does he say? There are many other gods that will fight for your attention here. You are living in a situation where these people and their gods, there's still this remnant of people that exist there and they have not completely been driven out yet. And so as you live among them, the temptation is to be to sort of adopt their ways, to follow their ways, and ultimately to end up worshiping their gods, little g, gods. Joshua says, be very careful in the rest that you are enjoying to follow the Lord's commands. Obedience to the Lord's commands, obedience to the law that they were given, is what protected them from the temptation of their own hearts, the temptations to intermingle and to intermarry. Now we can look back on this historically, and guess what we know? We know that they weren't very careful. (laughs) We know that they fell into these relationships and began to worship these other lesser gods. And there, there was many things that happened. All of the, uh, the, the destruction that God alluded to that would come if they weren't careful to obey the law, that happened to them. Because they weren't careful to obey and they didn't enjoy the rest that God had given to them that led them into obedience to his word. So often we think of God's laws, God's instructions, his commands to us. We think of them as oppressive. We think of them as some ways they've been categorized for many of us as don't do these things and do these things. But do you know that God gave us these instructions? He gave us these commandments. He gave us his word as a guide to live by, to point us to Christ and to remind us of all that we have in him so that we would be protected from ourselves. This isn't in order to keep you from these things or those things. It's to enjoy and to flourish as God would intend. This is the best for you. Not intermarrying, not worshiping these other gods, but guess what? We know that we're going to be tempted to do that. Do you find yourself plagued by some idol I don't know what that might be for you, but more than likely, we all have these things that garner, uh, that, that fight for our attention. And they, get, they, they cause us and they lead us away from the ways of the Lord. And as they lead us away from the ways of the Lord, guess what we end up losing? Rest for our souls. If we would just be careful to obey. And that idea of being careful means that we need to be attentive to it. We need to know God's word in order to be careful to obey it. How much time do we spend in God's word? I don't know, some of you might be like me. You get our emails every day. You signed up for our Bible reading plan that shows up in your inbox early in the morning and you think to yourself, well, that's a lot. I'm not sure I'm gonna get there today. Let me just skip past it. And by the way, that's not... What we do to earn our standing before God is to give us his wisdom, to teach us his ways, to show us who he is, to remind us of who he is. Do you know one of the things that tempts us the most, tempts me the most to fall away? as I just alluded to from the ways of the Lord, is to forget the gospel, to forget what Jesus has done for me. But when I spend time in his word, it reminds me of his graciousness to me. It reminds me of the kindness of the Lord. It reminds me of all these things that he has done for me. And it reminds me how far off I so often am. And yet he welcomes me back as a son of God. And therefore, obedience flows out of that. Following his word. I need his word to remind me Of who I am in Him, because so often the world does not. And we're tempted to follow all these other things. So many distractions. Have you found yourself distracted by the things of the world? Be careful to follow the Lord. That's what Joshua gave these instructions. We must be wise and discerning. And the way we do that is we rely on his word. And when we do that, we remain in his rest. Finally, he says, be careful to love the Lord your God. Look at verse 11. Not just to obey his commands, to follow him, but verse 11 says, be very careful. He adds a sort of an emphasis here. He said, be careful to follow the Lord's commands. And here in verse 11, he says, be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God. It's very interesting that Joshua would choose those words and don't think that those words were accidental or not on purpose. He says, be very careful to love the Lord your God there in verse 11. And because of that, as a result of that, you won't turn away because of your love for him. See, loving the Lord and being careful to love the Lord and understand what He has done for us leads us into obedience. Joshua could have said, be very careful and just kind of cut that out and then said, to not turn your back and cling to the remnant of these nations. Be very careful to not do these things these, and, and, and fall into the temptations that surround you. But no, he says, be very careful to love the Lord. Be very careful as you rest in the promises of God to keep God as your supreme, sort of not achievement, but your supreme desire. Keep him in his rightful place as Lord of your life. If you're struggling to see God and to love the Lord as Joshua would instruct us here, if you find yourself not being able to rest because of all of these various pursuits that are trying to fight for your attention, perhaps the answer for you to find rest in the Lord is to love the Lord, to put him in his rightful place as first in your life, to love him. Do You love the Lord. You have a relationship with God that you leads you into this heart of worship? Does he have your heart? That's what he has purchased through his sacrifice on the cross. And if we love the Lord and as we love him, we put him first, then following his ways becomes much more easy. And fighting against all of the things that will distract us becomes easier. And we find much greater rest for our souls. If you're married, you can see a picture of this in your life. If I say that I love my wife, Laurel, and I do, I love her, and yet every other relationship in my life comes before her, what do we have? Something's not going well. She's not feeling love. There's not a strength of relationship there. There's a distractedness that comes with that. If I love her, I put her first in terms of my earthly relationships. She gets my very best, my time, my attention, my energy, my focus. That's what loving her looks like, the tangible idea of loving her. There's, there's things that happen as a result of that. In the same way, if we love the Lord We put him first, and he's given us rest because of his love for us. We respond and are very careful to love him so that these distractions don't dissuade us. See, the promise of God, the promise that God made to Israel led them to rest in him. Disobedience to God leads to the destruction of the rest that God gave. That's what Joshua talks about in the remaining verses from 14 and following. The promise of God, what God had done for them, what he told them, this is all I'm going to do, I'm gonna lead you into this land, that's what led them into enjoying rest. It was his promises. And disobedience to God is what destroys the rest that he gave. The promises of God, I will give you this land. No one will stand before you. I will fight for you. That's what God promised Israel. The promises of God to us in Christ is that he has paid the final sacrifice for sins for all time. And he invites us into a relationship with him. We remember those promises, which leads us to rest in God. He's done exactly what he said. He's fulfilled the promise. Jesus not only laid down his life, but he promised his disciples and each of us that he would take up his life again, and three days later, as we're gonna celebrate here in just a few weeks, Easter Sunday, he took up his life again. We rest in the finished work of Christ. The disobedience to God, not being careful to love the Lord your God, forgetting the instructions that he has given us, not even knowing the instructions that he's given us because of our lack of knowledge of his word, That's where disobedience comes from. That destroys the rest he gave. What we're left with, when we don't have anything to be obedient to, we don't have a Lord to follow, a Lord that we love, that is the, 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 the focus of our lives, we are left striving to make our way to God on our own. We end up having to fight on our own for the land that God has promised to us as a way of rest. Pastor John Mark Comer, in a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, said this, Ultimately, nothing in this life, apart from God, can satisfy our desires. Tragically, we continue to chase after our desires ad infinitum. The result? a chronic state of restlessness, or worse, angst, anger, anxiety, disillusionment, depression, all of which lead to a life of hurry, a life of busyness, overload, shopping, materialism, careerism, a life of more, which in turns makes us even more restless. And the cycle spirals out of control. Does that define your life? A life of hurry? Busyness, overload, shopping, materialism, careerism, a life of more, 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 more. If that describes us, more than likely, we are not resting in what God has already given us. Matthew 11, that we began our time looking at this morning, Jesus said this. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding, basically saying, all the people that think they know everything about you, God, you haven't shown yourself to them, but you've revealed them to little children. And then he says to those of us who know him, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Not sleep. I will give you soul rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Do life as I do life, because guess what? For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Two times Jesus says, I will give you rest. That rest that Jesus promised comes from following him Resting in the promises that he made to us. Resting in his finished work on the cross. Resting in the security that we have in him. Obedience is what follows. We're gonna respond by singing a song we began singing a couple months ago in our church. It's a song, it's really a prayer, it's called Abide. But as we sing this song, as the worship team leads us, I just wanna encourage you To consider your heart before God, is your heart at rest in your soul? Or does that quote that I read more closely define your life? Restlessness, angst, anger, anxiety, busyness, overload, materialism, careerism. Are those the things that define your life? And as we sing this song, just I wanna encourage you, invite, remember the promises that God has made to you. Remember the rest that he has given you. As Jesus says, come to him in this moment, all of you who labor, who are burdened, and find rest for your soul. Thanks for listening to the preaching of God's word at City Church Melissa. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 1045 a.m. at 2300 Vineyard Hill Lane, and we hope to see you there soon. City Church Melissa, for the glory of God and the good of the city.